Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are sponsored by, yet again, Dante Zampetti, Loan Officer with Movement Mortgage. He is helping veterans use the benefits they have earned. Know a veteran who has questions on VA home loan benefits? Dante can help. Call him at 937-522-5419 to learn more. Dante Zampetti, NMLS number 1452256. Movement Mortgage supports equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID 39179 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Damn, I'm getting good at that. Well, Dude, turn my microphone well, you were on talking one too time. much, right? When I was trying to do the recording, we couldn't one do time it. get my microphone on. <laughs> I just like you are getting talk. better at that. <clears throat> Jesus, where? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we we're talking about the a few deals that fell apart, things going on in real estate, um, improvements and movements we're making inside our businesses, uh, trying to grow and expand and see what we're doing. So stay tuned, folks. And as always, follow us at Real Pursuit on Instagram and make sure you subscribe. All right, Ben. Trenton. Bolton. Barga. Hey, let's do this in reverse. All right, guys, if you're listening, subscribe, download, share it, and give us any feedback you want. Ben, where, they, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Ben McIntyre Bolton. That's M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E. Fun fact, I didn't know how to spell my middle name <laughs> for probably 20 years of my life. You still don't know how to spell your name, probably. McIntyre Fitzpatrick. Nice. So that's kind of, you got to change that. Just change it at BenBolton.com. It's taken. I've even I DM'd oh, the guy too. No I've got two thousand followers. Once I had two thousand followers, I was like, I'm doing something with this Instagram <laughs> thing. And I said, Hey, can I can I get that get that name? And I just never got a response. Ugh. You uh I am at Trent underscore Bargy. That's B A R G A, not E. Barga. So Looks spelled like Barga, pronounced like Bargy. But I just want to pitch out, we always forget it. So throw it out there now. Do you think we get do you think we get followers off of this? Uh, maybe. I mean, I'm running. We are the. We I have, do everything, but um, we've got fifteen thousand subscribers. Yeah, twenty five thousand views. Sure. And yet, I've got no followers off of this. I got fifteen thousand followers and another twenty five thousand. What is? What are our numbers actually? How close are we to the million dollar giveaway? Oh, <laughs> we're about a thousand x off. Oh, we're not. We're not close. Yeah, to a million. I mean. I think we're, our content's good. Good, con- hey man! I told you a hundred podcasts, and we really see where we're at. We're not. I mean, honestly, I don't think we're bad for just what number 12, 13 episode. Is this our thirteenth? Might be thirteen, twelve. Um, we're not doing bad. Let's see. Let's pull it up. Total downloads all time one fifty seven. Whoa! Is that one fifty seven subscribers or no? Download? Just downloads. There's so really not a subscriber. There only subscribers. On Instagram is that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not a lot of likes. We get the views on Instagram, some video clips I put up, and then true. we get follows. We, we get follows. follows from other agents. We do have agents in the area follow us, which then make me on nervous. Instagram. Like, have we talked shit about them? No, no. <laughs> we don't talk. It's, we don't say names, but we don't really talk. We talk shit in generalities. Of in general. What we like and we don't like. And like we said before, we're, we're not ever saying we're right. We're not ever saying we're wrong. It's I'm just our talk thoughts. Shit. And I'm it changes talk shit all the time. about Josh Flagg. Who's that? 
He's from oh yeah yeah the, what's the it? like Percy guy on the New York real estate one or is that the California he's, he's Los Angeles all right okay. so here's my issue I watched the million dollar listing Los Angeles uh, with my wife the other day nice and first of all what I would do sounds like you weren't working for your clients then uh, it was it was a Sunday <laughs> evening so I had just had a 13 hour day I was exhausted shut up and I said you know yeah, what not. I'm gonna study my craft. While other agents are sitting there watching baseball, I'm studying my craft. What are the other agents doing, right? I'm never not practicing. I'm always in the gym. I'm Kobe. So I was watching this, and these other agents spend like $10,000, $20,000 on these open houses in Los Angeles. And he spent $3,000 on like a $25 million property. So what's that net him? No, I'm just saying like- No, if he sells it, what's that net him? Uh, I can't even 2% think percent about those numbers. There. Probably not 3%. Is it 2%? I would never sell for Either 3%. way, it's still like $500,000. He's probably making... No, way more than that. Yeah, 1% right. times 20, $25 million is 250. So 2% is $500,000. You think they're really... I know California commission so rates you, like you gotta spend, 2.5. If you're making $500,000 on a deal, you got to spend a little bit more than three grand on it. So Maybe Josh Flagg, step up your game. Yeah, call them out. And if you're if you're listening to this, we love your referrals. So, oh, I'm sure you got referrals because coming California to is coming to Ohio, right? Yeah, all those all those all those Beverly Hills people want to come down to Ohio. So what's Corn. new, Ben? What's going on besides you wasting your day watching millionaire real estate, whatever? Again, just practicing my craft. Uh-huh. I we just brought on our first buyer's agent who's in the room with us. I officially started on Monday. He. Uh, Right now, we're just trying to get him brought on and, and go through the things. Here's a question for you, Trent. I'm spitballing. Yep. All right. A lot of the stuff I saw, I've read about when you're onboarding agents um, is to go over like the sales lingo, right? But, lingo or scripts? Or you? Yeah, like to? scripts and lingo and practicing buyer consultations. But I'm like, why would we spend so much time on that if he can't write a contract, right? I, I think that when I, I've gotten more confident as an agent by knowing the contract, by knowing the ins and outs of a deal. And then that has kind of created scripts. But if I can go sit there and I, I practice the script, but then when mm-hmm. they ask me a real tough question, I don't know the answer to, right? You can have the best script, but then when it comes right. to an eight page contract, I'm like, I don't know how to write this. What would you, how do you picture that? Well, you, you obviously ran in into that situation when you first got into it, <clears throat> but here's my thought. I, what would you have rather known? How to write a contract or how to... No, I would do the verbiage and the scripts because here's why. Like, You can practice contract all you want, but it doesn't. if you're not making the calls and meeting people, you're never going to write it. So why does it matter? So I'm under, I like to trial by fire, kind of learn as I go. Like, you can learn as much as you want up front, but until you're actually writing a contract, you know each deal is different. Each house is different. Each client's different. They're going to want something different on each one. So, so should we just my, throw Connor into circle prospecting and just say, Hey, yeah. make a hundred calls and see what you Did, get. Yeah. But you, you can circle prospect, talk to people. It's more about knowing what's going on in the market and just be able to talk professionally. Like you're, you actually know what you're doing. And then when it comes down to contracts, you can prep for that before you go, before you write it. Like he's, you're supposed to be like mentoring him. So he can honestly give you a call. His thing isn't like, I'm an individual agent. I don't have anyone the call, he can be like, yeah, I'm part of the Bolton group. So if there's any questions, I don't know. Ben can answer all those for me no matter what. But and we've we talked about it. Ride, ride yeah. our coattail, right? Connor, it's not, this isn't your first deal. We as a team have sold X amount of properties this year. We as a team have sold 
this many listings because if you right. when I first got on at, we were at that we were at a different brokerage than we are now but I used every bit of their statistics I still use our office statistics sometimes when I'm selling in a neighborhood that I haven't sold in I go into that and I say yeah this is what we've done in your neighborhood in the last 180 days and right like, oh really these were all you <laughs> well yeah it was our office wow throwing that line there yeah you should see what I. You should see my listing presentation in Germantown, Trent. It's all your stuff. Do you even have a listing presentation? <laughs> no. That's Do I you? No. Yeah. I I had one, but I feel like it's. I don't mail it. I thought about pre the pre mailing packet, but like when I said before, the way I build my business even or how I prospect, like I don't. I don't have to. I, I bring information about what I do, but nine out of 10 times, I never pull it out. No one wants to look at it. They're just ready to sign the paperwork. When we first got in though, everything was like, you need to have a good lease listing presentation. And it's like, no, I don't. It Honestly, you, in my thought, I did when I first started. Really? Because I th- th- feel like my conversations, um, I guess you could call them scripts. I call them more conversations are way better. So by the time I'm meeting them, I said it before, they're already signing with me. Like it's just a formality of, they want to see me and make sure I'm not how many some people, sketchy people. How many? Person. What percentage of listings are you interviewing? Multiple? Are they interviewing multiple agents? For me, almost none. Oh, okay. They they've had other agents talk to them or reach out, but by the time it comes, there, I'm telling you, I pretty much do my whole interview before I even get there. So why don't you tell us what you're prospecting right now? Fizzbuzz. You're it's all Fizzbuzz. you're get, you're not you're not arguing. You are not interviewing against other agents on Fizzbuzz. 99% of the time, but I'm telling you, by the time I get to the, I go to their house, the contract, we already talked about price, um, what they want for it. I'm just going there to check out the house and, uh, see what they, see what the goal is and get it there. He's already bored. Oh, he's leaving already. He's leaving. Fire, had, fire him. Yeah. We had our first live <laughs> walkout. <laughs> he's got a call already. He's got a call. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, uh, but no, that's, that's how mine's different. Like, I will be getting the expireds again and all that fun stuff, but it's different when um, Ben's mean mugging me. But when it's a force by owner, they've been up there for a while. It's just it's about building that report, and I almost never have to go. I ne- almost never compete with somebody. That's because I build it ahead of time. And pros economy right now, dude. Summertime's like a very frustrating trying to get a force sale by owner. Everything is frustrating right very, now. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's most frustrating because it's not like. Oh, I can sell for more. It's more about pain points. How can I manage this pain for you? Because you're getting calls by people who want to rent to own, lease it, or just other agents. And it's just sometimes it's a lot of times I should say it's just luck and calling the person at the right time and not missing it. Yeah. Sometimes we every now and again I drive by a sign for sale by owner and then mm-hmm. I look it up on Zillow and they're like, Oh, we're not listing it online or anything. I'm like, So you're you're yeah. you're gonna try to sell your house with a sign in the yard? Yep. Buddy, that doesn't work. I think it's funny. I think when someone puts a for sale by owner sign up, the neighbors, they'll tell people, yeah, oh, so fast or Yo, you should be able to get that. You should sell for more. And then I, the hard part about for sale by owners, once you get it listed, isn't, isn't a competition. It's trying to talk them down from every Age agent, expectations. every agent and every neighbor and friend saying, oh, so fast. This should, you, you should sell this already. Why isn't it sold? That's, those are conversations I have that are extremely hard is like, well, the, you know, every agent said that if it sits on the market for more than seven days, it's they wonder why it's still out there. That's not true. Like, it's just not true. They understand or they should know if they're a good agent. But, yeah. They're certainly going to write a lower offer on your house, though, if it's got that big... T- oh. Nope. I've had houses sit for 120 days because the sellers want to bring it. And I 
we still get list price offers. Do you ever think that the world's a weird place where I've got listings yes. that sit for 300 yes. days and then all of a sudden I get two offers and then I have to look like an, I, I go to Dude. the other agent and say, we have multiple offers and they're like, uh, sure you do. And it's like, no, for some reason I have two. Uh, that happens all the time. It happened to one of my buyers. We wrote an offer. It's been out there for 130 days. Two other deals fell through on it. And the guy, dude, this is complete bull crap. Submit the offer. And then the guy's like, well, I can't get a hold of the seller till Friday or Saturday. And the next thing I know, my phone's going off at 1130 at night. And I'm barely awake. So I'm, I'm not getting that. What? Nothing's that important. At 1130 at night, I got to respond to it. It's that agent's like, hey, we got another offer. Hey, the seller's son wants highest and best. Hey, we took the other offer because yours was contingent or sorry, sorry, we couldn't make this happen. I'm like, wait a minute. One, you never said anything about the seller's son making a decision, which technically he can't sign anything. So that's null and void right there. POA. But two, why the hell you like you couldn't tell his son, like, hey, we got to reach him out. I'm not calling my clients at midnight. No. I'm just not. So I was like, you couldn't. And I'm not doing any work at 1130 at night. I mean, that's not a detriment to my clients. I'm like, that's just bullshit. You shouldn't be calling and reaching out, like, hey, we need final and best buy right now. And then five minutes later, like, well, they accept the other one. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm going to talk about that, what you just touched on. Yeah. Um, as a real estate agent, I understand that we do need to be available to our clients a lot. And it's, it, you know, we say, well, look at the lawyers or look at a doctor and they, they're, you know, they have their set hours and it's like, yeah, but they know what they went into in that business. And you know what you went into in this business. You don't always right. have to be available. And I think it's great that you set those parameters. Like I'm not working at 1130 at night, or I'm not working at Sunday when I've got, you know, my kids sitting here, but as a real estate agent, right. You have to be available, right? Not to your client's beck and call. You're not going to say, only, hey, can you come show me this house 45 minutes away on a Saturday? I know you're with your family. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. But the only reason I think it's like that is because there's so many of us who devalue like their their worth. Yeah. And there's just so many of us. Like there's only one ear nose doctor or one, even the family practice in a small town. They're booked out for like eight weeks. So you don't have a choice. You got to go with whatever, yeah. you, whenever you can get in. So of course they can do Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, they got we the higher profession for eight weeks. No, and they can choose. They could call a listing agent. They could call some random person off Zillow. They right now in this market, they don't really care. No. So that, that's the thing I compete with. Which, as long as you have a good rapport with your clients and they understand, I want to start they going respect after you. The agent who are yeah, like, that's I'm available twenty four seven, and then I'm going to call them at one thirty a.m. And be like, <laughs> you told you on your all your advertisement, it says you're available twenty four seven. I never say that. No, because it's not true. For one, it's not true. And two, like there has to be boundaries, man. There has, there has to, to be, be boundaries. boundaries. How would they like it if their boss was calling them at, you know, 1030 at night? Like nothing's going to get done at 1030 at night. No. So don't shoot me a text or whatever email, but it's just, uh, it's just interesting. But either way, you guys hired a buyer agent. We did hire a buyer agent. Bring in, we're, we're trying to do the onboarding process right now. And, you mm -hmm. know, just like with anything, there's growing pain. So it's, yeah, learning. let's go back to that. Definitely scripts because you can always work with him on He can make 10 phone calls in 10 minutes and then go work on a contract. That's my thoughts. Like I would definitely have him work on practice on scripts with me, not clients. They should be. My thought is he should be spending at least 30 so minutes got, an hour what working with you. I've got him doing right now is I've got, I, he, I, I, we set up his database. Um, and yeah. then I said, from your database, I need you to call four people and set up practice buyer consultations. Okay. This week. So this week you're going to run four buyer consultations. Yeah. At the same time, he's also working on, so I've got him doing that. And then at the same time, I've got him write me the process. I gave him a contract, a blank contract and said, there you here's go. the parameters of it. Fill it out. Yep. Don't you get three questions, fill this out. 
and see what he, I mean, he did incredible for, if you read it line by line, it's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> no <laughs> one reads it line by line. No it's one reads it line 500, by 500, 800 lines. Yeah, but he crushed it. I mean, he even wrote down the parcel ID and everything and I didn't tell him where to find it. So I was <laughs> impressed. Um, yeah. But so we're, we're, I'm trying to manage both because I don't want him to be so sufficient in sales that he doesn't understand the contract. And I don't want him to understand the contract so well that he doesn't understand sales because it's a delicate mix. Yeah. Um, it is. It I, is. When you're, my thought. This is where we differ. Um, my thought is get them on the phone, or I, actually, they should be practicing with you so they don't lose a good opportunity. They should be calling their database and reach out and saying, "Hey, I'm in real estate. Just want to let you know." Blah blah blah. blah. And that's where you can practice, really. Yeah. So what I told him to do is write down a hundred names of people he knows. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now he's he's younger, so he doesn't know the addresses of all these people. I said Perfect. also write down their name, their parents. I need okay. to. Go, I said get their parents' names. And then I said, now call them, get their email address and their address. Right. And then that's your, that's your first 100 in your database. But they don't count unless you've got their name, email, phone number, and address. Yeah, because you need all the critical information. But they call and he says, hey, I just got started in real estate. We're setting up. Um, I was getting everything set up and I want to start sending you things. What's your address and email? I want to say things. I'm like, hey, I'd love to, you know, I'm just setting up. You're one of the 100 people I'm reaching out to. Like make them feel exclusive and just be like, Hey, it's not spam. Once a month, you're going to get something on your neighborhood just so you can see what's for sale and stuff. You don't always have to click on it or not. It's just something I'm trying to provide you guys some information on. So if you have any questions, it's a quick reference. And if you need anything more in depth, you can give me a call. Yeah. I mean, I think most family friends would be more willing to give the address because you're right. No one knows that anymore. No one knows that. You, you used to have that address book. You used book to have with, the Rolodex with everything. <laughs> Rolodex or the address book with everything that. on it. Nobody no knows that. And, and shout out to White Pages for screwing everything up and now it's impossible to search. So if you guys could fix that. What'd they do? Oh my God, dude. The update is so bad. <laughs> if you guys have a reverse phone search thing tool, <laughs> let me know because White Pages... At white pages, you're really, really bad right now. Are they really? That was so your go-to. Bad. It was my go-to, and now I'm like, I was probably getting 25 percent of my number of the numbers I got were real, which is okay. pretty good. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy. Like well, that's I'm with you. Yeah, but it's one the nature four, of the game. Yeah, one in four was pretty good. Okay. Now, I mean, I might be like one in twenty, one in twenty-five. It's it is awful. I and guarantee I you, they changed who they're using as a provider because I, I sent them yeah. an email and they're like, well, we're trying to give the best service to our clients. I'm like, dude, I pay you guys way too much money and you got a great deal. You're not even paying full price. Oh no. Things change, Trent. <laughs> you are paying full price now. I got an email. So here, <laughs> you're paying like 50 bucks. Oh, <laughs> so here's here. I, at one point was paying for white pages, unlimited search. I'll put them on blast. Yeah, like for fifteen bucks a month, Mm -hmm. it was an incredible deal. I was like, "Yeah, I'll pay fifteen bucks for unlimited searches of people's phone numbers." Right. And one day I get an email, it says, "Hey, we're bumping you to seventy dollars a month." It's like, okay, that's fine. (laughs) But it went from one hundred (laughs) fifty bucks to eight hundred and forty bucks a year. Well, so yeah, eighty-five bucks, or yeah, eight hundred. Okay, you pay for the year. Yeah, yeah. So okay, it it, and then I get another email, and they they can't do anything about it. They, they they're like, we, well, we can't. I mean, I was like, well, then I'll just cancel my service. And they're like, okay, <laughs> they're losing money on. I mean, yeah, they're losing money on me. And then I get another email. Yes, yes, 
hey, we're going to limit your search and it's 250 bucks a month. <laughs> 250 a month? Yeah. Holy shit. Why? I don't know, dude. Because the update. <laughs> so if you guys have something that's better, please just tell me because I can't. They're well, 250 a month. What is that? 2500 mm-hmm. Yeah, $2,750. You use Red X? No. I don't use anything. Fizzbells, they put that stuff out. There's no do not call list. There's no That's true. <laughs> there's no nothing. I'm like, hey, what's, what's up? the rule on do not calls? If they don't t- call them, but if you call them, don't they have to tell you take take us off the do not call take us off, and then if you call them again, then you get sued. Mm-hmm. I think you're allotted like. I want to push it. I'm not pushing it. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying, man. It says do not call for a reason. They put. But it I'm on offering there. them a service. I just have a question. Dude, they got sued. Some. The whole brokerage got sued out in California. I think Florida too. Like, buku bucks. They're going to get fined like ten thousand a person or something crazy like that. You know, insurance. well, no. You know what it was? I was listening to podcasts. This guy had a third party out in like the Philippines making oh making calls. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Oh, there's a difference. No, not no difference between this wasn't licensed or not. This was just because do not call us. One guy got pissy, called that one lawyer. Who then finds like five other clients, does a class action, and then the dude was like major, major suit fest. I really hope nobody's listening to this. <laughs> I do not call this. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so we're gonna edit this out. One take. So you got a new buyer's agent. Yeah. You're working them. I say more scripts. You can work on contracts whenever you're not. It's not like he's gonna be writing three contracts a day or even one a day. It's gonna be like a couple a month, maybe starting off. So my thought is, don't worry about it. Make sure his scripts are good. You can have the general conversation, one of the sphere, and then two, actually making those cool calls. I and then the second, be, and then you worry about the contract. Have him start making those calls and getting in the fire, understanding what he has to say and not say, making the scripts not sound so scripty. I, wonder you know if, I, mean? I wish I could start throwing them to like open houses, but you know, COVID. I do open houses. Have you? Yeah. That doesn't stop me. You just throw a mask on. Someone walks in, you throw. I sit there, put the hot spot on, do some work. Are you getting a lot of traction yeah. at them? I get a decent amount. I haven't done them for a hot minute. And then, but I've gotten at least five or six groups through last couple ones I've done, which is all right. Not as good as I'd like, but have you ever sold a a listing at an open house? I want to say I have one or two. I sold one, but they weren't representing. I was when I was like first started Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, calling the other agents. Hey, can I hold your house open? Can I hold your house open? Right. And they're like, yeah, sure. You can hold our house open. So I went, did the open house and guy comes through. He's like, I love it. I'm going to write an offer. I said, Oh, as an agent. <laughs> awesome. He's like, yeah, yeah. My agent will be in contact with you. I'm like, Oh, screw me. Like, Hey man, but I was schmoozing though. I was like, man, this house is great. Best thing I did though, was actually like start working. Cause the longest time I have a hot spot, So I couldn't really work while I was there. I was just sitting there for two hours. And sometimes there's only so much you can do besides just playing on Facebook and Instagram. So I bring my computer, get on like command and start working and do that stuff. Call people and just wait and kind of, get people to show up what it's a waiting game it is a waiting game very passive but whatever i've got a listing right now that has a dark cloud over it and i'm thinking <laughs> and i'm thinking about doing something you talking drastic. about the murder one no <laughs> <laughs> a crime was committed i am uh i'm gonna I'm, i think like i'm like what can i do to draw a ton of attention to this and i i have we talked about don't the guy do something stupid have don't ta- do something stupid i want to get I, you're going there i want to have i told you about this guy what are you gonna do the dinosaur thing in the photos or are you gonna do like no i want to get one of the car things car things 
like the car the car lot blow up things oh yeah just a big blow up it's on like central it's, that, it's the listing on central in miamisburg yeah the one that's been in our contract four times twice <laughs> and it, again that does have a dishwasher what well, uh, no it central air. we just dropped it to 120 and it does have central air now oh, central air she's taking a hit man it's tough she's taking a hit but she's right it, we it, it has a dark okay just so you guys just for you guys to know ben is right there in the middle of the main road right big sign right there you can't get too much more attention i don't think a, a cheesy used car salesman I don't what think if i what works. if i set up and get one of those arrows and then i just dance with an arrow saying put 120 on the side arrow and just spin the arrow at the house for 24 hours uh one you won't do for 24 hours taylor will kill you true and two you uh, might get mugged you know what Three. i you know what i love i that gimmicks i i'm way against gimmicks gimmicks, gimmicks. but gimmicks get you publicity and a lot of a, a lot of the agents that you know maybe a lot it's, of maybe it's lot. just me sorry i'm being know, very uh i still love like the agent matter in of california fact. who sat in front of a listing until it sold well that's great to do if you don't have a family and you're in california weather <laughs> i was like that's i would i would camp out in front of a nice ass house if the weather's 72 degrees and but I he get got a ton of publicity from it and people are like, oh my God, this guy's willing to do anything for a seller. So now I go. Is that what, does that the reputation you want? That I'll sit in front of a listing until it sells? In yeah. this market, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sat here for two hours. Yeah, they'll sit in front of your house until we get an offer. Well, let's <laughs> talk about that because we both have a couple listings that are on the market for 20 plus days, which people were like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. Right? And mind you, it like it's four years anything. ago, it was like uh, 100 days. It was like, oh, wow, this is a new listing. Well, it's it's funny too because think about the market. In my market, I I told both my sellers that anything around two average days on market on these two listings I have in Germantown are 132 days in Germantown. Yeah. It's either they're under 150 and sell right away, or they take 90 to 120 days. So we got them, and people are like, "Well, what's wrong?" Because everyone told them they'd sell fast. I'm like, "This one has a tiny yard, and not one person. Will, if it wasn't for the tiny yard, the thing was sold the first week." Yeah. The other one has, I mean, it's contingent offer, but just right next to railroad tracks that aren't really ever used at all. I've never four years I've been there never came across a train once. There's not even like a crossing stop. People just fly right across it because one company uses it once in like a year to push really? something across. Yeah. So it gives it if you don't know the area, which if you're trying to buy a house, Germantown, you need a local agent. Let me know. Um, and then I'm happy to help you guys. Well, listen to this though. So on this house, like there's a pass through bedroom because it's an older, older yeah. colonial style, which, which is fine. But all the updates are great. Um, just that train tracks and not the best location being on a busy street, but it's a great house. I had one agent call. He's like, yeah, they liked it, but they, they found out that the neighbor is going to foreclosure and they're not sure. So it makes them wonder about the area. I'm like, okay, it's Germantown. Brand new schools are getting built. I'm like that house. Oh, what to do? I, I wanted to say this. I should have. It was on, I know what it's talking about. It was on Zillow. So, you know, Zillow says a crappy pre-foreclosure. pre-foreclosure crap, which isn't ever true. If you, well, if you, time, if you don't know what pre-foreclosure means that they have one mispayment, they're 31 days late. Yeah. You go into pre-foreclosure if you are 30, no, maybe even just 14 one, days. Just You're just one payment late. That's yeah. all it is. And then you catch back up. Foreclosure doesn't mean you're getting foreclosed on. Yeah. So they're like, well, we don't know about that neighborhood. What? I'm like, the neighborhood? Germantown's like one neighborhood, almost and, and, for the most part. And tell those buyers, there are foreclosures in every neighborhood. I will tell you the agent who that was, and you you probably will or will not be surprised. But I'm like, it's your job to tell them that 
because it says pre-foreclosure on Zillow, it doesn't mean crap. Just like your Zillow estimate almost never means anything. Or or so, be, or be, or be a, a spin zone artist and say, yeah, I understand that. But think, if this house gets foreclosed on, they're going to have an investor come in who's going to buy it, who's going to fix, fix it, up. it up and sell it for more. And then your property value just went up. Yeah. Well, here lies the problem. Like we talked about getting the agent to relay that information. You get, agents are lazy. They're like, oh yeah, I'll talk to them. You know, they're going to be like, not call them at all is what yeah. that means. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. Let me, let me talk to them. Oh, I'll pass that information <laughs> along. Oh, I'm sure you will. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, just give me your eight, give me your client's number. I'll talk to them, sell them the house and give you the commission. There's another thing I'd they do, do in that. California where the agent just shows up to all the listing, all the Yeah, showers. they have to be there. Almost, it seems like it. All well, the listing agents 50, have to do it. A $50 million property, you know, that's probably owned right. by some billionaire. And it, that's the difference, man. They can take the time to do that. Go out there and show the house. You can't do that on $120,000 house. In I can't. Dayton. I, you cannot do it. You have to. It's just like that stat we talked about. I think it said 47% real estate agents, their primary income is not real estate. 47%. So I pretty do not much want half a doctor a real who's like, we talked about this. I don't want yeah. a doctor who's like, oh, yeah, I can only see you on Monday or Tuesday because this isn't my full-time gig. No, I can only I can only help you out after six o'clock Monday through Friday and then on the weekends because I have a full-time job. Yeah, I work in IT. It's like you're my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make ends meet. You're, you you work, you're an IT working doctor. You're my doctor. It, dude, I mean, we, we go back to it again. It's just... What art. do you think the biggest problem plaguing the industry is? Um, Too many halvesies then. Do you think that's it? Kinda. I'm not saying like part-time agents are bad. Like we talked about before. I'm not a big fan of them because I just think it, they don't care because for them, like they don't care if they get the full commission. Like, no. oh, I just do it for fun. Like I don't want someone representing me for fun I, or I, because I like to go look at houses. I want someone who actually treats it real. Like me, I am a direct, I'm a black and white direct guy. So I want someone who's going to be like, hey man, this is what we're going to do. We're going to see this house. These are the ones that are available. There's not a lot of options. I want to be like, are you ready, able, and willing to buy like Hey, are you ready? Are you able? Are you financed? Yep. Are you ready? Like if we found a house now, would, would you buy you it? Yep. I like that. And are you willing? Are you willing to sacrifice a little bit to get in the house? Cause in this market we have to, that's why I want someone to talk to me. Like now, not everyone needs that conversation. And I'm with that, but I had a conversation with my coach about that stuff. Like I felt like I had all this stuff in my pipeline. Like I'll tell him, like, I had like three or four deals. I had one deal get pushed back to August. I had one I was working both ends on pretty much falling apart. Um, because I didn't push hard enough on that able, ready, willing, probably. So it's my listing and buyer. So my deals are just like getting pushed, which is just happening because of appraisers and stuff like that are falling apart. I'm like not qualifying my people good enough. And I think I have all these people in my pipeline. I tell my coach, like, man, I thought I had all these people. Cause she would ask me, Hey, who can you close in the next 90 days? And I, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I got these people. I bring them a house. It's 99% what they want or 90% what they want. But they're like, well, Bedrooms just aren't quite big enough. I'm like, you're looking for a colonial house in Germantown under $200,000. I have two of those listed right now yeah. and neither one quite fits what you want. Quite doesn't get you anywhere in this market. It has to either work or and you're willing to accept it. That, but that's not the willing. Yeah, you're not. And I, uh, the, the one's been over a year. I kind of showed off and on it, but she keeps, so she's, she's able. I just don't know if she's ready and willing. Is she, she acts she like rent it. or does she, no, own? she owns a nice house that we could sell real for real good value. And she wants it. She says she wants to be there. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, so I'm going to stop wasting my time and requalify a lot of people. So I, we're not wasting our time in that, but going back to it. Shit. What were we on? 
part-time agents <laughs> part-time the biggest thing plugging the industry i think i think it's that and because it just i don't know just they don't treat it right i want me personally i want someone to treat it like a business we got way off target it, i mean it, it definitely is a, an industry and i mean i'm not for a while i was i was kind of um embarrassed to say oh, i'm a real estate agent because for so many people for the majority of people mm-hmm. it is a fail safe it is a um, I didn't succeed at this, so I did this. Right. And so I, I would be like, oh, I, I'm in real estate. That's what I would say. But, you know, right. if, if you, if you, who cares what the rest of the industry does, right? Change the stereotype. Yeah. And, and be that professional agent. And there are so many professional agents out there. Yeah. And it's the ones doing Correct. the majority of the business. If you are, and again, not knocking part time agents because, you know, you all, ha- we have to start somewhere. Right. I do. Right. I do understand that there are agents out there who got their license. They really want to do it, but they need to work a job to support their family. Um, the office tried and I left, uh, the owner of this office, um, the, the owner of the whole office. And I'm going to butcher the story, but he was working two full-time jobs when he got into real estate. Um, just because he needed to do that to support his family. So I don't think those agents are necessarily bad. I think it's the agents who just don't treat it as what it is. It's, you know, in the MREA it talks about a family saves up for how long to go to Disney World. And Disney World has these expectations of what your what their experience should be like and they train their employees on, hey, these people saved up for 5 years to come here. We better treat it like that. People save up for triple that. That's a great point. To buy a house. We need to treat it as such. They need to be, you need to, and again, I don't do these things. And so I'm talking, but you need to know what their, your client's favorite drink is. And when you go show them a house, you show up with, you show up with that macchiato or whatever it is. And it's that level of service that just, you can't beat. And if you do that, I'm just telling you, and again, it's not things I do. It's things I want to do because Mm -hmm. I want to know everything about my clients. I want to know how can I make this experience the best for them because they just spent 15 years doing it. No matter what they do, we've said it before on our pod, this is an emotional experience for them. It could be a good one or a negative one. I had I had a client, and it actually wasn't one of my clients, but it was, it was a really cool moment. We had sold this house to this guy, and um, he had moved to America maybe five, 10 years ago, and he was so excited at the closing. And I said, oh, like what brought you to America? Mm-hmm. He said, I wanted to be a homeowner. Oh, damn. How cool is that? I would have made a video. like, But it wasn't story. my client. And that, but it was it, that moment right there is just so yeah. cool. It's like these people, like he moved to this country at, and one of his dreams was to be a homeowner. And he's fulfilling this. I have a client right now who um, was so ecstatic. She was renting, she's renting this house and she's finally able to buy it. And we had been working with her and our, our Dante had been working with her. And she is on the phone, emotional, saying, I worked so hard for this. I did it by myself. I'm able to buy this house. And it's not always so emotional, but you should treat it as such. You should treat it as somebody moved to this country to buy this house, buy a house because it is the old American dream to be a homeowner. And again, I'm talking to myself in this that we need to create a level of service. I think, okay, so here's the answer in my opinion. And I'm talking too much. I'm, I'm sorry, Trent, but... No, man, you're on a good roll. Keep going. I think 
the biggest thing plaguing the industry is we as agents, part-time and full-time, aren't treating the purchase and the sale as what it is. A large, huge financial contract. Um, we do not purchase, purchase whatever. It is the transaction, sing, the single, the biggest purchase life. that somebody's going to do in their life. Well, here's the thing. And we don't so, treat it like that. We don't. A lot of people don't. We're, both, I, we're, we're both working on it. Yeah, no, we're, we're both, both trying to figure you out. You and I do not. I will say that. Okay, listen. And there's always room to grow. Yeah, Trent and I work very hard for our agents. There's no doubt. Clients and a lo- our clients and a lot of agents. M- most agents that are doing business work very hard for their clients. But I think all of us have room to grow in treating this as what it is. Yep. So I think part of that, what you're getting at, is um, not only not that agents have to change, but the clients have to expect more. Yes. Because I mean, if you're giving someone twelve thousand dollars to sell the house, that yeah. you could do something else. Like, yes, there is the aspect of marketing, representing them correctly, giving them a lot of times it's just information. They just want to know the steps, how to go. They don't want to ask. You try to be ahead of it, which we talked about is be ahead of the game and not yep. wait for the client to ask you, which is a huge part of the service. And like what Disney does is is phenomenal. If you could build like the Disney model in real estate, there are plenty of people who have done that. I think you just have to find a way to do it that's not annoying, intrusive, and seem like you're always asking for referrals. I think the problem is a lot of people but if you don't know how to do it right to where it's like I don't every time I talk to my clients, I got a client call, ask they need help with refinancing, there's a whole family issue going on there, some money that was helped and all this stuff. So they're thinking maybe we have to sell a house or whatever. So I just talk to them in different situations. It's not I, I want to be able to call me. I had another one call me today too, asking about the VA because he had disability if he could go back and like get any money or lower rate. I think the problem is we're we're salesy sometimes. So yes. we're always asking like, well, maybe you really should sell. And you're like, that's not the best for them. Maybe the best thing is they stay in that house. Um, like maybe they're looking for one extra bedroom and maybe the house they're in that they love, the only thing they need is one extra bedroom. Maybe you can help them find that extra bedroom in that house and lose potential sale and buy, not lose, but guide them down the right path. But imagine but I think the about referrals people, that yeah. come from that. Hey, I, I don't think this is the best move for you. Right. Right. I don't make the decision, but I'm it's like, it's like the classic, like here you want this, like, no, you can't afford it. It's like, you're not doing it on purpose, but you're like, they're surprised that you're saying, no, this isn't right for you. You don't want that. People, people are like, well, why not? Like, well, you can have it here. Like, I'll be glad to help you sell and buy a house. But if we can find an extra bedroom somewhere in here for you, because you love everything else about the house, then maybe you just stay here. Yeah. Like I'd rather do that than sit here and try and sell someone's house. Who's able and somewhat ready, but not really willing to sell or find a house because it doesn't match the dream home they're in. And they just need a little more space that they can either put 30 grand to yeah. that they have in their house. So and I just convinced somebody yeah. to sell their home that wasn't really ready to. Right. It is. So how do you become, yeah. you become less salesy and more servicey and becoming more servicey, you are becoming a better agent. A little bit. I mean, you still have to sell. You still have to ask for a referral when it's, when it's appropriate or if, if it gets to the point that I can't wait to get to the point where I don't have to ask for referrals. Yes. Not, it's starting to roll always a gonna, bit, You're always going to have to ask for referrals. You have to make that initiative. If yeah. you don't, I don't think you're really doing your job. Like for you and me yourself, when you have employees or you have an admin or a buyer's agent, it's your job to help get leads in there. So you have to ask, like, is this appropriate for you? And like I, we said before, you, we don't make the decisions. They do. We weigh the pros and cons, what each option is what's best for you. And then if we found the house or we got the right price, would you be ready to move right now, even into like a short term rental until you found your next place? Cause that's just the way we are now. I think you, to get that Disney service, go back what you're talking about is 
it's more than just a drink. Like, yeah, it's nice. I think it's more about you being ahead of them, answering, being very informative and answering questions they want, like without saying, well, are you guys looking to buy or sell or it's do you a know good transaction yeah. if you called them and they never had I, yeah gene river says it i had a big uh i had a big wow for me one of the positives that i had done was like we had just sold a house mm-hmm. and i was like you know what i'm gonna start calling people just two days after just to make sure everything's good and we i called them i said hey just want to check in on how the house is and they said oh my gosh we're so happy that you called so right. you know one or two, x y and z were incorrect that's so impressive that you called before anything even came up she ended up writing me a uh, review to an entire university listserv about really? how good of an that's experience awesome. it was just because we called her two days after closing to check in. That's awesome. And that's the, that's, that's the, that's scratching the surface, man. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's once you're doing more transaction notes, like how, how do you make it that business how service? You, it's easy to do it when you have like one or two closings. Oh, if I've got one or two I'm on closings, top of that, I could 100%. Be, but how do you do it when you have 10? <laughs> yeah. How do you, when I had like nine a couple months ago, it's like, I'm having a hard time doing my job correctly. I don't, I, I like, um, <laughs> what's the company that does the video emails? I really like this. Uh, a bomb 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 bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh, I think it's Tom yeah. Ferry who just, but imagine you wake up in the morning. First thing you do is just take a bomb bomb of yourself. Hey, Sally seller. Just want to let you know, this is what we had going on with your house yesterday. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Dude, you don't even need bomb bomb video message them. Take a video and then send it to the text message. Be like, Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Cause you know, they're seeing that. Bomb yeah. bomb, you don't know if it's going promotional or trash, spam. What do you mean by that? Like, take a video, um, get your cell phone out and be like, hey, John, hope you guys are doing well. Hey, this is what's going on in your home home situation, whatever. Yeah. Um, the next step's going to be getting the inspection done. If you guys have any questions, give me a call or shoot me a text. So you just do a little video and you shoot it through a text message. And I think it's almost... I like that better. Do you think it's weird or do you think it's more personal? I think it's more personal. I mean, I'll do that with leads sometime. I'm like, hey... Just trying, just want to put a face in the name. If you have any questions, love to help you out. Let me know because everyone, Google, Facebook, everyone says everything's going to video. Yeah. And if you're working with someone to buy, I mean, a lot of people like an easy text. Some people just want text. They're not going to shoot you a video back, but you shoot it out there so they at least have your face and name. And just say no need to yeah. reply. It, it, yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, just say like, if you have any questions, let me know. Like they don't need a reply to that. One of the times that we struggle, one of the times I struggle is like in the morning, I try to, I always try to give our sellers an updates like every single morning. I do it once a week. I try to do it every morning. And that's a lot, man. It is. You know, but, but it's what also if you have no updates, no update. Hey, no update today. Just that's a quick text. But yeah, um, because a lot can happen in a week. Yeah, there can. I like, but I like having, I like to provide something. I just want to be like, what if they hear like no update for 14 days? I'd rather have like my preference. I, I got the PDF but sheet with I the argue? graphs and Let all that stuff. Saying, hey, what's going on? You keep, you yeah. say no update enough. You're going to be like, shit, I need to go find them an update. So you call the title company. Hey, spoke with the title company. They said that we don't need anything on our end. So everything's going well. Right. You said, I mean, it kind of keeps yourself accountable, but I, the issue I, I run I into that yep. is I think there's a balance. I think maybe every other day, but, um, the issue I run into is I send these texts and then I get all these texts back in the first, you know, two hours of my day are sending texts where I should just send a video and just say, Hey, no need to text back. If you don't have any questions. Cause I'd send a text and it's like, no update. Well, how's the kid doing? It's like, Oh buddy. <laughs> well, that's good. That I just said 15 of these. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying maybe you could do a little bit more like, cause I do do the weekly one and I've gotten more price reductions without asking, sending out this oh. weekly thing. My because God. I don't even ask. I just say, here's the showings. 
here's a, our showings have gone from six to three to zero last two weeks. Um, and I say, I, my admin puts in all the updates on the showing time, the number of views and saves on MLS and Zillow, all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. Gives out the information, um, has a showing information and some feedback on there. And I do a summary. I'm like, Hey, this is what the information we got. We're down on showings. I mean, 4th of July weekend, let's say. So I wasn't expecting too much open house. No one really came in. It's unfortunate, but we'll work another one. Um, but per the market, you know, there's only seven or eight houses for hundred to $200,000 in this market. Um, the only ones left on a bit for 130 days. Um, the, only one, the other ones have sold because they had a basement and you're, you're currently on a slab. So based off the feedback, people were just thinking it's this overpriced. Is a, this is a direct, this is a custom CMA to them. Or uh, is it a full market CMA? It's not a CMA at all. It is the weekly seller update I send. But is it a weekly seller update for the board or is it a weekly seller update no, for we create. We we pull the showing time information and the feedback. But I'm saying I'm saying are you yeah. doing within a mile radius a mile radius or are you doing a whole board? Like are you Bro, can you, are say, you talking can you, about like the houses? I literally just pulled up the whole board and I even went off script to find and I, I was like, there are seven to eight houses for sale right now. Four sale by owners included. So I found four sale by owners and everything listed. There are only seven to eight houses for sale for a hundred to two hundred thousand. And we still don't have an offer. Oh my God. So and I told him, I was like, you know, just like I said before, I think the, I told you what the right price was and we overshot it because you guys were adamant on it, which is fine, but this is where we're at. You're like, well, how about we drop the price down to this? Great. Great. I, I don't have to ask for it. I give them the information and they decide what the they want to do. Price reduction so much easier when you've been talking to them. Yeah, I just, my problem where I screwed up was I wasn't able to give them enough information for them to understand why overpricing it. Like it's not a car. Like no. you can't overprice a car and negotiate down on houses. Like you will get the right price for the house. There's no guarantee. I mean, it's almost guaranteed. Like you're going to get the right price if you listed it for a dollar or over. It's almost study show it's worse the price at over list, like over high than yes. it is to go right at the middle or low. If you go low, I think it's the best pricing strategy right now. Yeah. Good luck pushing that. Hey, nobody believes me. I know. I have a hard time, especially for sale by owners because like I said before, they're, they're like adamant on getting it sold, but they want max dollars. That's why they did for sale by owner. And then at least expired, which you go for. They tried it. They probably just had a bad agent. So you can talk around that and be like, hey, it was over, so he much. overpriced it. You can say he over or she overpriced it. And this is what we need to do. To I always get ask going. who came up with the price. Ooh, that's How'd you get, who came up with the price? Because if it's you, it's like, <laughs> well, what was your agent's feedback? Or if it was your agent, it's, well, I yep. think that this is, this is how your agent got to that price. Mm -hmm. This is how I'm getting to this price. All right. Well, we still want this price. Well, did you want your house sold 350 days ago? Because it didn't sell at right. that price. You went through a summer, spring, winter, and fall market, and it didn't sell. So let's price it a little bit more realistically. I don't know. That, that I just, I'm with you. I think that uh, there's just so much room in this industry. Could you imagine? Imagine if you're an agent and you do all those things and you give them the Disney World treatment, right? Right. And then the next agent does the average. You know, good, but average. Mm -hmm. And then they sit there and talk and they're like, "Wait a second, no, you didn't get the weekly. You didn't get the weekly update. You didn't get." Like my agent, your agent up. never told you why you weren't getting showings or why it wasn't or what the feedback was. I hear yeah, all the time. what the feedback was like my yeah. agent kept me in contact with everybody. I, I right. again, like there was a little thing that he, uh, and ad, I think I talked about this team. I d just did a closing with how their admin just like crushed it where mm -hmm. she even sent out a full sheet of, you know, like what there's a couple things in our, our office. Um, 
you know, why don't we all have vendor books? Mm -hmm. Why don't I have a vendor list for our clients? You should. You should. Why don't, um, there's the agent in our office who does little things. And again, this is, uh, she offers um, her clients uh, like the blowups, like a rental thing, a rental service. Oh, yeah. And it's just something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be what you have to do, but she does an extra thing. And her yeah. clients are like, well, so think about the conversation. Oh, who, who'd you rent this from? Or a real estate agent. Or Wait, what? Your real estate agent does this? Yeah, she yeah. has this whole thing where it's like, if you buy with her, you can rent stuff. Whatever play sets or whatever, whatever the play blow sets. I mean, and it's, and it's like another that. time that's another conversation. She also had this thing where, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of, pe- a lot of things that you can do that set yourself apart that add a better just experience not even value just adds a better you stand out it makes you stand out and i mean that's the hard part i think how do you get people in the middle of a conversation to say this is what my real estate agent did right or this is why i'm referring to you yeah i think it is nice when that happens um i think the hard part is trying to find out what makes you unique or what is different without i mean it's almost impossible if you really think about it to be 100 percent completely completely unique because everyone can do everything. Anyone can go buy a blow up house or jump house or whatever slide and get that and start doing that too. So you don't have to do crazy things. You don't have to do crazy, but what, what makes you different? And the thing is people think you're competing. I sometimes run this trap where I think I'm competing with 4,000 other people and it's stressful. It's like, geez, man, there's like three, 4,000 people on the board. Like how are you supposed to compete with all these people? Even if half of them are part time, that's still 1500 people. Uh Like, what do you, like, it's very frustrating. Sometimes you're just like, dude, what, what can I do that someone just can't? You see it all the time. I say it all the time. Agents are like locusts. They see one green thing, one grass field that one agent's thriving in. They all do it. They don't think, man, what can I do but without copying them? That's how I think. So it really, well, <laughs> I love myself It's the with R&D that. that everybody talks about, rip off and duplicate. It's, yeah, it's fucking annoying because it it's like, I respect someone. If they're doing something great, I don't sit there and go and copy it. Like, you know, it's like, hey, if, if we don't sell your house in 30 days, we buy it cash. I don't do that because it's a straight ass gimmick. That is, they're not buying it for market value. They're buying it way under. They're going to turn around and sell it, and it doesn't fit the seller unless they really have to sell. I would say that they probably do straight one straight gimmick, one every year that they have to buy. Ninety nine percent of people don't ever actually um, buy the house. Well, they got them in the door. It gets them in the door though, but but see, I don't like to be that cheesy, like sleazy, like hey, we'll sell your house for free if you buy with us. But then it's like it has to be a half a million dollar house or higher in your house. You know what I mean? And it has to sit. It, yeah. it ha- you have to give us seven months to sell it. And yeah, if just, we don't, we, we if it doesn't sell in the first month, we have to get a price reduction. If you don't get the price reduction, then we get a commission or just something like. There's all that yeah. stuff. Like I don't want every time I tell my clients something, I don't want an asterisk at the end of it. No, you know what I mean. So yeah, I think it is cool to find that Disney experience or whatever you can do. And one agent, she does a really good job with that. That's like her bread and butter is she kills on agent and client referrals. And that's yeah, all she, she really does. does. She does. And then there's the, pros and cons of that. I'm, I'm on the yeah. other way where I want 50% of my business referrals, 50% prospecting. So I'm always bringing in new people. I like the, uh, again, another, another team in our office, they have um, all their clients have a, the, a private Facebook page. Oh, really? Yeah. What do they do with that? I don't know what they do with it, but I wanted. <laughs> I tried. I want to get in it. <laughs> but I saw it because I looked at their actual Facebook page and they were posting great content. And one of the things was like a. It was like a blank blank group. Um. Uh, blank blank group client group. Yeah, that's cool. 
I was impressed. I was like, wow. And, and you know, yeah. they're posting content cause people are getting in it. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, if it's only clients only, I mean, they're probably doing some specials running like it's probably for client events. Great way to reach out just to your clients about events going on without like alienating people. I think part of my, our problem maybe is we're still, we don't have that bigger database that, you know, if we sent out a client event, would we get four people, 40, 400? Like my problem is like, I want to know where my numbers fall in line. So it's kind of, I'm kind of scared to do it because the last thing I'm going to do is a client event, like three people. Show. Oh my gosh, dude. I'm terrified to do a <laughs> oh client event. There well, now a, you can't really do one because of COVID. There but. was the agent up in Columbus who we had met a long time ago. I don't know if you remember this, Trent. And he said, he said, yeah, I don't do client events, but I take all of my clients out to dinner after we close. And I'm yeah. like, man, you don't do client events because you're afraid that they're not going to show up. Right. I do like, I mean, taking them out to dinner. I offered my clients some stuff. It's just, um, there's a thousand ways you can do it. You just got to find what fits your personality. Um, and I think a rule with it, you know, Disney is great because they made it like the place to go. There are certain teams in the, around this country that they're like, if you're going to sell your house, the only reason you're not selling with them is because <laughs> your mother-in-law or your, your yeah. daughter-in-law or whatever is an agent. And if you didn't, it's going to cause a ruckus in the family. Yeah. So you kind of like the only reason you're not listening with them is because of that. Cause if you look their numbers and what they do, you would have, there's no reason they would even have to prospect. There's no reason you wouldn't sign with them. Yeah. If you just looked at their numbers and their stats, like, and, and just what they do. Yeah. And what they market. I mean, you can't argue it. They're like a full company. Yeah. They're approaching 1 billion in volume in one year, 2021, their goal is for 1 billion, which is up there with Ryan Sherhan, Sirhan them. And their average sales price is seven, $225,000 in Texas. <laughs> That if you count the units, that's going up to three thousand over three thousand units. That's their goal for twenty twenty one. This isn't a nationwide team, guys. This is a Texas. Texas. They team. are in Dallas. Dallas, Fort Texas. Worth. So now, granted, a crap ton of houses in Dallas. Like, there's a lot Ooh, to go geez, after. Rats ass. Dude, but what I'm saying is, that's amazing. That they're not amazing. even like an expansion team. Like Ben Kenny's the highest. I was looking at his numbers. Ben like, Kenny's the number one in the country, right? Is he? He might be. Well, since him and that one guy teamed up and they started, uh, what do they call that? Their expansion team. I didn't know they had a name. Oh, yeah. Him and Chris Suarez teamed up. Yeah, Chris Suarez, they teamed up. I think Chris is on the East Coast. He's in the West. They spent five years building this and talking to make sure it worked. And now they got this where they're like calling pretty good producing agents. Be like, hey, we'll give you everything. It's like a a Jersey Mike's or a Chick-fil-A. Like, hey, do you want to run a successful restaurant or, or real estate team? Here's a manual and everything you need. We provide it all for you. They're basically just doing franchises. You know what I mean? How? Just like you would any other business. Like you're trying to expand. Is Keller Williams worried that that's going to become a brokerage? See, I I always wondered that, and I don't think so. They would have left. When I look at they would have left. When I look at the expansion model, a long time ago. I look at the expansion model, and I'm like, that's set up prime to be a national brokerage. No, because you're still tied underneath the main broker. It just offers the brokerage, the indie model and co Williams where you can be. So if you're out in the middle of Egypt and out of nowhere, it doesn't make sense for you to drive all the way. So you got all these tiny little brokerages. These are boutique shops, I guess you could call them. So boutique. we offer you the opportunity to do this, have all the process systems we do, but you have to have the extra expense of your own building and stuff. Like there's an extra cost to that, but they get to do their own brokerage essentially. I mean, there's a reason Ben Kenny hasn't left and he's probably never going to leave. I mean, he has his own CRM system. Like he does everything that he could easily be like, why does he not leave? Because there's value there. 
if yeah. Ben Kenny doesn't leave, there's obviously something here that's worthwhile. I would, I would, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, to me, I mean, that you don't have to, you don't have to tell me on why we're here. And yeah. a lot, and well, I'm saying I, yeah. like, why you got to look at it from his point of view. Okay. You don't think he's thought like, well, I'm one of the largest teams. Um, I got all these other companies that I could, if I jumped off and did my own brokerage, I'd be a, quite a large brokerage, probably be competing with the big names right off, right, running right off the Maybe bat. In the top 50. But that's assuming that everyone would stay with him. You know how he would pay those agents would change drastically because he now has way higher cost. Is he you know setting I mean? up indie brokerages or is he just no. hopping on board with Keller Williams offices? No, Keller, he goes to like agents, Keller Williams offices and be like, oh, what so guy he's just paying got? like a desk fee. No, no, no. What he's doing is he works with that agent. So one of our agents in our office got called and they asked him about it and he's like, hey, do you want to be part of this? Basically, they give you like ben K- all Ben and Katie's crap. Like, Here's brevity. Here's everything we do, blah, 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 blah. Now you essentially work for them, but their message is here's everything you need to be successful. And they're not calling just any agent and just trying to get them. They're calling like good agents and they're trying to get them out there and, and do it. So I'm like, there's a reason he's still here. Cause he got it easily jumped off to his own brokerage. But I think when you, I think everyone wants to do their own brokerage cause it's, it's a thing, but I, I don't think it's worth it. I don't want to do my own. Bro- I, I when don't. I when I first got started, I was like, like when I first got started, I was like, man, I'm gonna open up my own brokerage one day. Well, I have clients ask me that, like, so are you, you broker? Do you do on your? I'm like, no. And here's here's why I don't do it. Yeah, they provide me more. If I would have to pay for all this stuff on my own, it'd be three, four times the cost. And then let's be honest, there's almost no money in a brokerage. No, there's if no I would, money if in I a brokerage. Stayed at the small boutique brokerage I was at. Yeah, I probably would have tried to start my own brokerage because I didn't see the value in the broker. Right. Uh, if you, if you are at a, it depends on if your broker has value. I mean, there's a lot of brokerages, you know, we found our value where we're at, but if you mm-hmm. are with, you know, an EXP or a Remax or a Coldwell, you can't tell me that those brokerages don't have some value for them. There's a re- yeah, there's, there's a value everywhere you go. Just yes. how much of a value is it worth what you're paying? It's, that's all is you're asking for you. Yes. Is a, is the atmosphere and all that's a fit. I think I don't think other people understand like when you start a brokerage what that entails insurance liability losing your license a lot easier than uh, like there's you, just a lot of costs you got to have a store like you got to you know, have a brick what, and mortar with the team it's I have my expectations for my team right right you do this or you're you can't control the fi- you Maybe know with all the agents three hundred agents in your office especially when most of them are part-time. set up on your training program right no and you're just setting yourself up for issues I mean. I, I would never want to do it because it doesn't make sense unless I went somewhere really small and there, and like there's no other option. So that's the indie happened because people want to join Keller Williams and they had to join the closest office or something. And the only way yeah. they want it is if they're like 150 miles away. And I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I think common sense finally came into play and they're like, okay, well, if you're not, I think it was 50 miles, but who wants to drive 50 miles to the office? I do don't. you want to do anything? If Keller Williams called me and was like, yeah, it's a 30 minute drive, I would have been like, I'm sorry, I'm not. I almost drive 30 minutes, 20, 30, 27 minutes. Wow. I'm out in the boons. Well, that's because you chose to live out in BFE. That's an extra 10 minutes when I moved. I'm like, shit. 10 minutes from down the street, Trent? No, 10 minutes added on to my drive. Oh, when you moved houses. Yeah. Wow. 10 minutes on the other side of Germantown. Willie. But anyways, um, I don't know the opportunities there. I think... You don't have to be a boutique brokerage offer something special. But boutique brokerages can offer something special. They can. They can offer a boutique. Anyone feel. anyone can. I mean, you can sales is all about how you phrase it. Yeah. I can spin it if you, you can, can make anything sound good. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 my own broker, so I run things however I want. In reality, 
you know, broker doesn't really mean anything besides you have your broker license, which you have to get a slightly higher score than you did to get your real estate license. What's the, is that it? It's like a, instead of a 70, 75, you have to get like an 80. Are you kidding? Something like that. I, not no. much. You just have to know a few Don't more you questions. you have to have a college, like a full college degree? You might. You might have, to have a degree, but all I know is on the test, you just have to do slightly better. But I mean, it'd be fun to actually get, I need to hammer down that experience, which we're working on. I'm sure you guys are. I, now I want to go back and like draw everything out. That's oh, like, yeah. I want to throw everything out and be like, what can we do? Well, I'm glad we talked about everything you do with your business, I guess. Part two of me. <laughs> oh, we can, I mean, we can keep going. You look like you're about to fucking fall asleep. Man, this is, I am exhausted. That's what happens when you have a kid, man. It is tough. Am I, well, let's talk about your business. No, we're just moving forward. Got the admin going. We're going to start doing some other marketing stuff. It's pretty cool. I'll show you. Okay. Once we get stuff yeah. rolling. Well, show me after this. Some video stuff. But um, ISA is getting hired. That's starting. Another buyer's agent probably come on in like three months. She got to take her license and everything. You're one buyer's agent, you're getting two. Potentially two. Nice. But well, the way things were going, I got to hammer up that pipeline, man. Get them deals. I'll tell you what, nothing has created more motivation in me than Connor showing up that for yesterday and being like, <laughs> oh, fuck. I got to get <laughs> I got I to make calls. Like, it's like having a kid. Like, I think you do need that little bit of motivation. Like, what is it there? You can't motivate someone. You can only motivate them, right? You have to have your own discipline and your own reason for yeah. doing this. Like I could stop right now and pretty much be where I was last year. Almost. Yep. But I don't care about that. It's all about hitting that goal. It's not money oriented. It's more about hitting that goal, getting those units and volume yep. just to say I hit that goal. If I don't, it's a failure. Yep. Then if I don't hit that goal, how the hell am I going to hit next year's goal? <laughs> how the hell am I supposed to provide for this guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, how are you going to feed him? Because yeah. you got it. You know, you got to feed him leads, he man. He invested into me. Yeah. That's like, that's the scary part. It's like he, he. This is why I like what I'm doing. I'm getting the ISA going. They'll be ready to go in 30, 60 days. And then my next buyer, by the time a buyer agent size on, I should be rolling, steamrolling really good with leads, uh, door knocking they can do, uh, what else is there? Just the prospecting. There should be a buyer pool build up pretty good for them. That's not dry. That the train's already rolling and they can help grease the wheels. Yep. The scary part is if you're not prepped ahead of time, it's like, you know, leads and buyers don't come that day. Like it, sometimes it takes a little bit to work. That's on. What I'm like, I, we're, I've been work. <laughs> I'm sitting in there and I'm like, oh shit, I got to get Connor some, I got to get Connor some leads. Yeah. It's been day two and he's like, he doesn't have any leads. That's where, that's why you go back to that sphere of influence yep. have a call reach out see who they know and that's what he needs to do. i think that's the first thing to screw giving them leads like can you create your own if you can't see you later no Be, can't do that yeah you can't quite do that but <laughs> I, i'm being harsh with that but i'm just saying like if you can't call your own people at least ask or like see where things are then why would i give you leads that you're not gonna follow up with yeah that's my mentality i'm a little more brash with it a little straightforward but i think once someone proves himself dude yeah they're good to go all right brother all right. What are you going to end up with? Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. What's a good quote? You got one? Uh, I'm going to butcher it up, but pretty much like you never really fail if you keep getting up. You know, you only fail if you stay down. Like so you really can't fail. Like what we're trying to do, which I always, we got to put in perspective is the things we're doing, if we fail, that's okay because it's just a learning point. Failure is learning. Instead of saying it's failure, like I learned that, I learned that, so now I'm not going to do it again. You go, you do it again, but differently until you succeed and then you move up. You jump that ladder, go up those plateaus. You're going to fail. Yeah, and I hate that. 
I love uh, I hate it. what's the who? Oh my god! I wish I knew what book it was. But one of my favorite things that I've ever read was the um, the difference between the successful and the unsuccessful mm-hmm. is the successful kept going. Right. They. Um, oh shit! I gotta find it. It was so good. It talks essentially the thing. successful or people are the ones who were better at doing things that they didn't want to do. Okay. So he talks about um, his son. So his son, it was a it was a teaching point that he talks about how his dad told him this, and he said that his dad had told him, "Hey, do the dishes," and his son didn't do. He didn't do the dishes. So his dad comes out and he grabs him and he says, "Hey." Do you want to know what the difference between the people who are living paycheck to paycheck and the people who are thriving is? He said, what's the difference? He said, the people living who are thriving did the things that they didn't want to do. They got uncomfortable. And I like that. That's what you're saying. Based on what I'm saying, it's like in regards to sales and real estate, it's prospecting. Sometimes you're like, oh, here we go. But I work today, man. I've reached out to the 20 some reach outs. Anybody? Yeah. A couple of good leads. Just got to close them. Just got to close them. Yeah. Closing the podcast. Peace (laughs) out, boys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. As always, follow us at The Real Pursuits on Instagram and email us at realpursuitpodcast at gmail.